Hello and welcome to How To Money, a financial education podcast for young Australians aimed at opening up the conversation around money. In each episode, your host, Kate Campbell, brings in a variety of guests to explore everything from buying shares to starting your own business, all with the aim of kickstarting your personal finance journey. Just a quick reminder that everything we cover in this podcast is for financial education purposes only, and we are not giving you any advice. If you do want advice, please seek the help of a qualified and competent professional and do some research. Remember, it's your money, so take control. Hi, Sally. Welcome back to the How To Money podcast. Thanks for having me, Kate. Now, you're actually a fellow podcast host yourself. I know. I feel like we're in a little secret club here. We're talking about (laughs) our mics that we have at home and how we're probably the only ones. (laughs) Yeah. And yours is is on money as well, but um, a little bit different. I think you cover some different topics. And I know you did an episode earlier this year with the debt-free community on Instagram, which I thought was quite an interesting episode. Yeah, that was so fun. So for anyone that doesn't know, I'm one of the co-hosts of the Pocket Money podcast, which is uh, Finders, the Comparison Sites uh, podcast. And yeah, we did a really great episode on the debt-free community and we interviewed a bunch of people who share their debt-free journey on Instagram. Um, And that was so interesting because usually people are so cagey when it comes to talking about their money. But in this community, like they just lay everything out there, you know, from their transactions to how much debt they have to, you know, how they're paying it off every month. So that was really cool. Mm, I'm really amazed by the transparency of those people online, especially when they put their face to it, Um, Mm -hmm. just sort of what they're investing in and the debt they're paying off. And I'm just amazed. Like I, I wouldn't be comfortable putting it all on, all on the web. But um, uh, yeah, some people do. And it's really helpful, <laughs> especially if you're in a similar scenario, you can actually see someone else who's sort of paved the way before you and see that it's possible to do it yourself. Yeah. And that's exactly what they were saying. It was kind of like, for a selfish reason, it helped keep them accountable to put all of mm. this out there and have their followers going along the journey with them. But also a lot of them did want to inspire others who were in a similar situation because that's usually how they got started as well by seeing somebody else uh, achieve their debt-free journey. So it was really cool. Mm. Now, another thing I wanted to know is just how did you end up at Finder and in the finance industry? Because a lot of listeners are interested as well at sort of building careers in the finance industry. And I'm always interested to see how people ended up where they currently are. So I started at Finder in 2015. So it's been quite a journey, but it's gone so fast. Um, So I studied journalism and professional writing and did my honours at uh, the University of Wollongong. And basically was just looking for journalism gigs and saw one at Finder and thought it was a really good opportunity to, you know, learn about SEO and writing online and also get into an industry that I hadn't really written about yet, which was finance. Previously, I'd been doing mainly music journalism, which is on the complete opposite (laughs) end of the spectrum. And I I still do that now um, freelance, which is really fun. But yeah, just as I got into it and started working at Finder, um, I just became really passionate about the financial literacy side of things. And I think because I was, you know, um, I guess a bit of a, a noob myself when it came to finances, I was really interested in writing these guides and um, doing this research to help people make those better decisions and just make it easier. 
Mm, and definitely writing about it and researching it is a, a great way to learn learn about things yourself. I guess that's how I started as well. I just sort of started writing things down and then teaching other people. And that's such a good way to reinforce what you know and what you actually don't know. Yeah, exactly. And I was working as the credit card editor, which is one of our biggest, I guess, verticals at Finder is um, the credit card comparison because it is quite a complex product. Mm. So from there, then I was, you know, learning so much more about like credit scores and debt and just personal finance in general. And then since joining the Pocket Money podcast, that's just expanded to, you know, basically everything from savings and, and budgeting, investing to to debt and just how money impacts our everyday lives because it really does touch almost every part of it. Yeah. And it's very topical, especially at the moment, because a lot of people are seeing income maybe decrease. Uh, I mean, in some mm-hmm. some of my friends' circumstances, because of the um, job keeper or job seeker payments actually increase, which is an interesting scenario as well. But I wanted, yeah. To, yeah. I wanted to ask you, since you've got all that research going on at Finder, how are, how are young Australians saving money and living on less or maybe more during the coronavirus special at the moment? So overall, Australians are just spending less right now. Some recent research has shown that the average spend per Australian has roughly halved from about $6,000 per month to 3000 in April, which is massive. And mm. I'm not sure if you're the same, but I know that I've seen that personally for myself. Like I have my own savings plan and and budget in place, but I just couldn't believe how much money I was left with at the end of April. Um, Just because I just think we don't realize, you know, as we're tapping away the money that we are kind of mindlessly spending as we are, you know, just out and about. So I think that's one thing. Uh, Another is that, you know, I think we are just becoming a little bit more frugal so spending on non-essentials is also decreasing. So we've seen spending on like clothes and shoes has dropped by about 80%, which is wild. <laughs> and spending on entertainment has also decreased by about half, um, which, you know, makes sense. Like we can't go out to concerts and, um, you know, shows and stuff like mm-hmm. that. And I know I've received a lot of refunds, sadly, from concert tickets that I had. And that's definitely um, <laughs> my vice where I do spend a lot of money. But where we have seen Australians spending a lot more, of course, is on essentials. Mm-hmm. And I think, you know, we've seen that with the on- online retail surge with places like Woolies and Kmart and stuff like that, where they're actually really struggling to meet the demand which I think is really interesting. It's kind of like on one hand, our spending, you know, has dropped and that's how we're saving. And then on the other hand, you know, that demand is definitely there. Mm. And like people people going to Bunnings and starting all these projects that they've exactly. had on their to-do list for years. I, I just think that's quite interesting as well. Um, everyone that's going, oh, I want to build a compost heap or a birdhouse or something <laughs> something weird to just keep them occupied and busy. And I guess a lot of people have those things that, oh, I'll do it one day and finally one day has appeared. Yeah, between that and those sourdough kits, oh, yeah. <laughs> I think those are keeping people pretty occupied. Yeah, I'd never heard about a sourdough starter until now that you could just feed and keep using to make bread. Me too. Yeah, it's all, all these interesting things we're uh, finding out about the, how, how people used to do things. <laughs> before uh, all the convenience of just going out and buying anything there and then. 
Mm-hmm. So true. Yeah. So one one question I did want to ask is, so if you're getting job keeper or job seeker at the moment, so job keepers, if your employer is keeping you on, you get a $1,500 payment fortnightly. And then job seeker is if you've sort of lost your job or lost income because of this and you, um, you're getting a government payment as well. So what if these payments won't cover what you need to live on? Yeah, that's a tricky one. I guess the hard reality of that is if it isn't covering your expenses, you need to look at what your expenses actually are and start making some changes. Of course, this is going to be different for every single person. But let's say if you have a mortgage, uh, it might be time to reach out to your bank and ask them about some of the repayment deferrals that they are doing. Uh, I know some banks are offering like six-month repayment referrals if you are impacted by coronavirus. So that could really help you manage some of those payments. You could also consider refinancing to a more competitive home loan rate. If you've gotten a mortgage in the last like year or two, it's very likely that there are much more competitive rates available now than there were when you first got your mortgage. And I think for some people, they kind of just settle for their mortgage, they're happy with it, and then they just pay it off and it's sort of out of sight, out of mind. Mm. But it is something that you should be looking at like at least once a year anyway. But I think now is a really good time to look at that if you are struggling with those payments. Another thing is if you're renting, you could always ask your landlord for rent relief because there's also the like moratorium on rental payments right now that you might be able to defer them. Or you could also ask for to negotiate a lower rental rate. Mm. I know this is something that's usually it's a bit tricky in normal circumstances, but I think that, you know, a lot of landlords right now do appreciate that people are in, you know, it's just a really tough time for everybody right now and they understand that. And I actually do know quite a few people just in my life who have reached out to their landlord and have been able to negotiate like a pretty competitive rental rate Mm. and have cut down like hundreds of dollars a month on their rent, which I think is great. So you may as well just reach out and and see what options are there rather than, Mm. you know, kind of just leaving it and thinking, oh no, like they won't offer me anything and then getting yourself into trouble. And then the other thing is with your bills. So whether that's your phone, you know, gas, water, electricity, whatever it is, same thing. Contact your providers, explain your situation. And most of these utility services are offering financial hardship options right now because if you are in in that scenario where you know you are getting job keeper or job seeker and you are struggling, like you're one of many. And they do understand that and there are options there. So I think just reach out and ask for help. The other thing is, of course, there are like no interest loan schemes available if you really do need money. And also, you know, there's of course credit cards available as well. If you do mm. if you do go that way, I would consider going for something that does have 0% interest or a low interest rate and you know that you can pay it off. But I guess the reality of that as well is that loan issuers and credit card issuers are still looking at your eligibility requirements and you still need to be eligible for that product. So if you're getting a job seeker payment, they might, and that's like your only form of income, they 
you know, may not look at that favor- favorably if you're applying for a credit card, depending on your situation. So if you are considering a loan or a credit card, that would probably be the the last thing I would do after I've already, you know, gone and, and seen what I can do with my other essentials. But just contact the bank or whoever you're thinking of applying with and talk about your likelihood of, of being approved first, because you don't want to apply for a credit card and then have it be rejected and then hurt your credit score. And it's just kind of a vicious cycle from there. So definitely just reach out and ask for help and see what your options are. Mm, and I guess that's it's quite tough at the moment if you have lost your job, because usually if they're assessing your loan or credit application, they want to see that you've got a history of employment at the current firm and they want to see paychecks and things like that. Exactly. So it can, it, you can get in this sort of difficult scenario where job um, seekers not quite enough, even after you've cut mm-hmm. everything out, but then you maybe can't get any other funds from other sources. Yeah, exactly. So that's why I think it is, it's good to just reach out and ask what the likelihood is. Um, mm. Yeah. And I, I guess a, a lot of firms are as well, um, maybe letting you delay payments and all, as you mm-hmm. mentioned, um, because every everyone's going through the same scenario. It's not just, not just you and you're not alone. So it's um it's it's worth talking to people, just sort of one human to another human and um seeing what they can do to help during this scenario. Yeah, definitely. And they don't want you defaulting on your payments and and stuff like that, because that hurts their business as well. So uh it's in their own interest to help you out as much as they can right now as well. Mm, absolutely. Now I hear from your team that you're the expert on sort of creative tips. Uh, to make your money go further. Um, so assuming that's true, are you able to share some um, some of your creative tips and ideas to make your money go further during this time? Yeah, sure. So we did a really great episode on pocket money about like your money and coronavirus. And we interviewed a bunch of people from Finder who specialize in like savings, investing, side hustles, home loans. And we basically went through like everything you can do mm. to recession-proof your finances right now. So we actually did two separate episodes, one on, yeah, coronavirus and your money and one on recession-proofing. And there were so many great tips in there. So I think this one isn't super out of the box, but when I've been speaking to a lot of people, they haven't really thought of it yet or, you know, just haven't done it or don't know how. And that's readjusting your budget. So the most basic budget model, you know, that a lot of people use is 50% towards your needs, 30 towards your wants and 20 to your savings. Mm-hmm. In COVID time, I would completely throw that out of the window. <laughs> um, if you can, I think potentially switching that to, you know, 65% towards your essentials, so your bills and, and stuff like that, uh, 30% towards your long-term goals and your savings and your nest egg, and then what's left to non-essentials. And I think the way that we've been seeing, you know, spending on, you know, things like entertainment and clothes and stuff like that, that we usually would be using like our fun money for, Mm. you know, we've seen that drop anyway. So you may as well throw that to your savings. So I think that's one, one kind of, it's basic, but I think a lot of people still don't do it or just don't know where to start. Yeah. And I think that splitting it up like that is kind of um, a good way to go about it. Uh, Another way is auditing your expenses. So 
like make a night of it, sit down, you know, maybe with a glass of wine and just go through your transactions and really see where your money is going. We also did another episode on subscription services a little while ago. And oh my God, (laughs) the amount of subscription services that we all have is wild. And (laughs) I'm a bit of a sucker for that as well, especially like, you know, Stan, Netflix, Disney Plus. But I think like, do you really need all three? Mm. So maybe go through, audit your expenses and just see where you're doubling up or where you're spending on things that you just don't need. And just be ruthless and just cancel those subscriptions, you know. And there's a lot of subscriptions that you've probably got going on that you can't even use at the moment. Exactly. um, Because they're not an online thing. Um, And so it's you're paying for things that you're potentially not even able to use. Yeah, that's so true. And because they do come out just in the background, it's like, yeah, you just don't even notice your money going. So I think it, it yeah, and suddenly it's just added up to $120 over a year. Exactly. So I think taking the time to sit down, have a look at it and really get the big picture view, that will be able to help you exactly like just be ruthless and, and cut it out because you will see how it's added up. So with the COVID at the moment, it's actually changing a lot of people's side hustles because they can't do what they used to do. Maybe they were dog walking before, but there's a lot <laughs> of activities that we can't do. Uh, So what are some of the COVID-19 friendly side hustle ideas that you've seen people um, implement or start? Mm -hmm. So this is, I think, when you were talking about, you know, some of the more creative ways to make or save money, this is where the creativity (laughs) really comes in. Yeah. So yeah, exactly. You're so right. Uh, A lot of the side hustles that people were doing, you know, if you're dog walking or hosting a market or something like that, they're just out the window now. So I think people just need to look where the demand is. And of course, right now that is online-based businesses. Mm. So, you know, a lot of people are going to eBay and Etsy and Amazon and setting up businesses there. So I guess it depends if you do have a business and what service you are selling, but that is something that we have seen an, an increase in over the last few months, which is interesting. Uh, but if you are just selling, you know, maybe like your old clothes and stuff like that, you could look to Depop or eBay again or on Instagram as mm. well and just start, you know, see if you can you can declutter and make money at the same time, which I think is that's kind of a win-win. Yeah. Uh, another one is food delivery. So I think that's one thing that we haven't seen decrease over this time. People are ordering, you know, Uber Eats and and all of those others uh, a lot more now because we're just at home all the time. Like it's harder to get out to the grocery store uh, if you do need to buy fresh ingredients. So I think that's another thing to consider if you haven't already uh, is signing up to be a driver for for one of those. But I think uh, when we were talking about this, uh, our side hustles expert at Finder did say that, you know, there are risks with that and that you need to consider like you're going to be visiting people at their homes and that is something to consider before you do sign up, you know, because you are out there. Uh, and, of course, there are, you know, the mm. the drop-off options 
but I think that's just like a, a good thing to consider is that you are you are kind of putting yourself out there to the public. Another one is I guess using this time to upskill. So I know that some of the messaging messages coming out during COVID-19 about, you know, like come out learning a new skill or a language or whatever, it can be a little bit problematic because we don't need to use this time to be productive if you don't want to. Like it's a pandemic, you know. Um, So if you don't come out, you know, learning how to speak Mandarin, that's fine. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) But if there is something that you were thinking of doing already, um, it could be a good time to to upskill and do online courses and stuff like that, which I know you're doing as well, Kate, which is awesome. Like you're the perfect example of that. Um, <laughs> but a lot, a lot of companies are pivoting online and they're struggling to do that. You know, so they're used to being in like a brick and mortar store or having, you know, a mm. firm where everybody's there and now they've had to, you know, cut back their staff and or just pivot to an online environment and they are struggling to do that. So that's where you could jump in, you know, say if you know how to do web design or social media or, you know, SEO or whatever it is there are actually a lot of businesses still looking to outsource to freelancers some of those things while they're trying to pivot their business online, but they don't have the resources maybe to hire somebody full-time. So I thought that was actually a a really interesting one. Mm, And it's directly helpful for the people right now, um, especially like a, a good online store could make or break a small business that's having to pivot at the moment. Exactly. And it is tough. So if you have those skills or it's something that you've wanted to learn for a long time, I think now's the time to jump on that and, and see see where, where the jobs are because they, they definitely are. We have a guide uh, on Finder of over 50 side hustles to try if you want to get some ideas. So definitely check that out. Quite a few. <laughs> Just a couple. Um, <laughs> yeah. But another thing you could also try is um, investing in the stock market. No, that's a weird thing to think of as side hustle, as a side hustle, but it is, you know, like a side income. And uh, there has actually been a massive growth in interest in the stock market uh, investing right now, which I think is so interesting considering the state of it. I guess, you know, in a stock market crash, it is kind of like the, it's, it's a risky time, but it can also be a good time to swoop in. Yeah. But yeah, I think I saw some research and it was something like there were, I think it was three times as many people interested in investing now uh, than there was at the beginning of the financial year. Yeah. So a lot of people are jumping on it. But I think as well, if you are thinking of getting into investing and you haven't started before, maybe start small, look into some of the robo advice options, um, maybe ETFs. And just like dip your toe in in that way because you don't have to invest huge amounts of money. Um, you can invest like $500 or something and start from there. And it's just a little bit more managed, which I think is a good a good tip if you are a beginner. Yeah, no, it's just a, like if you don't know much about investing in personal finance, now's the perfect time to take a few steps and just say, this week I'm going to learn about what an ETF is and um, next week I'm going to, put together a budget, like whatever you choose to do, just pick one thing a week and just try and learn a bit more about it. And then you'll be in such a better position once the world uh, gets through this phase. And definitely um, online 
learning as well. There's so many free courses. I just having a look at Coursera and edX and FutureLearn, there's thousands of amazing free courses done by universities around the world. And you can learn anything really from Scottish history to um, and, and like I see graphic design courses and all sorts of things out there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. The resources are basically endless. So I think if, like you said, if you just pick one thing for the week, then you know, it just makes it a little bit a little bit more manageable and you are still, you know, being productive, but it's something that I think will really positively impact your life in the long term. And I think that's why it's also so important for people to spend this time looking at their finances. Because it is something that, you know, we usually just put into the back of our mind. It's not something that, you know, you really want to do after a long day at work or when you're trying to relax on the weekend. But now that we do have this spare time, I think, yeah, now's a great time to, to have a look. And, uh, you know, if you're not into, into budget spreadsheets and stuff, which I, I know I'm not, and a lot of people aren't, you know, there are so many great apps out there as well that will, you know, track your finances for you and make it so much easier to, to really see where your money is going. And I'm going to do a shameless plug here of the Finder app. Um, <laughs> yeah which is uh, our free app where you can link your bank accounts, um, your super, your investments, your home loan, your credit card into the app. And it basically shows you where your money's going, helps categorize your spending, which I think is, I know when I did it, I was very alarmed. I was like, oh my <laughs> God. Like it really helps see very clearly the, the different types of things that you're spending your money on. Um, and you can't really hide from it, which is a scary but good thing. Mm. But also then it has like a, a built-in function where say if you have a savings account and you could be getting a, a high interest rate, um, you'll get a notification that shows you where... Does it you- do that for home loans? Yes. Yeah, it does that for... Oh, that's that's great. <laughs> yeah, for home loans, credit cards. Um, we recently built in the function for superannuation and investing, uh, which I think is is great because super is just another thing that, you know, you kind of just sign up to it when you get a job and then you just leave it. Yeah. But I think that is something that we are seeing. Young people especially are actually getting a little bit more switched on about their super and, and where their money is being invested as well. Um, so I think the Finder app and there's also a bunch of other great apps out there um, that you can use that will just make that a little bit easier. Because mm, definitely so often we just set and forget any of our financial products and we don't, um, it was hard to keep on top of all the new options available and it might be an even better option with lower fees, but you maybe don't know about it because there's just so much noise out there. I just, I see different companies launching new things every day. So having an app that actually gives you a notification sounds fantastic. Yeah, it definitely makes that step just a little bit easier. And of course, on Finder, that's our bread and butter. Like we compare everything from credit cards to travel and shopping and tech and every financial product under the sun. But having this app linked into your, like connected with your bank accounts, it's like it does the comparison for you, which is awesome. Mm, absolutely. Now, the last question I wanted to ask you is, how do you think um, COVID-19 is going to change young Australian spending habits moving forwards? That's such a tricky one. But I think it's, it's difficult <laughs> to predict how it will impact us long term, because I think that the, the state of the world is going to be quite different post-COVID anyway. But I think the fact that it already has is maybe a good sign. 
Uh, we're spending a lot less money on, you know, non-essentials mm. like clothes and, and, you know, entertainment, which, you know, I'm hoping that after this there will be a bit of a, a local, you know, Australian music and entertainment boom where we can really support local artists. Yeah. But we are spending a lot less money on non-essentials, which I think is a good thing. I hope that, you know, we will realise that a lot of us are spending money pretty mindlessly on a day-to-day basis and I think that the savings that some of us are seeing now are an indication of that and hopefully that will carry on, you know, if we go into the outside world and then we realise how much money we are actually spending. It might hurt a little bit more (laughs) now that we have had this period where, you know, our spending has been stripped back and, Mm. and we've seen some of the benefits of that. And yeah. Another thing is I hope that people might be a little bit more sustainable in the way that they shop. I know that, you know, I've just seen so many articles and social media posts mm-hmm. and stuff about, um, you know, supporting local business, uh, you know, not consuming uh, fast fashion, uh, you know, just consuming less and then also, you know, like recycling your clothes, selling your clothes, um, you know, we spoke a lot about people doing like DIY projects at home. So I'm hoping maybe that we might have a bit of a shift as well, because I think, you know, I am definitely guilty of this. And I know a lot of young people are as well as we, we are just mindless consumers sometimes and consuming has become so convenient. Mm. So that's what I'm really hoping our spending habits will change towards is yeah, maybe just being a little bit more mindful whatever that means when it comes to spending our money. Mm, and I think I've already noticed that personally that I, after the bushfires earlier this year and now the coronavirus, that I actually want to spend more money in my local community rather than just buying something that's sending money offshore to some company that doesn't even pay tax here. Exactly. Um, and I, I want to I want to buy coffee and support my local cafe and I want to support a small business owner with um, some sort of gift for Mother's Day. So I don't want to, I, I think it's actually making me think a bit more locally and maybe places I can travel in Australia rather than just going overseas. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. Like I'm sure that the, you know, international travel bans will will be in place for a long time. But if, it, if we are mm. able to travel interstate, exactly like you said, hopefully we will, you know, see maybe like a local tourism boom from, from Australians, you know, traveling to, to new places that they haven't been before and supporting local business. And yeah, so fingers crossed because I know that was a lot of people's dream after the bushfires. You know, they were like, yeah, this year yeah. going to do so many road trips and, you know, spend all my money in like little country towns and stuff. And now we're like, oh, mm. we can't even do that. <laughs> yep. <laughs> oh, well, hopefully, hopefully once it's in the next few months, we'll be able to do some local tourism um, again, which would be fantastic. Yeah, definitely. Well, well, Sally, thank you so much for joining me today. And if people want to find more about you and Finder, where should they go? So you can uh, subscribe to the Pocket Money podcast, basically anywhere you listen to your fave podcast, so Spotify, um, Apple, and you can catch our episodes there. We have a really great backlog of a lot of the topics that we've chatted about today and beyond. Um, you can follow us on Instagram at Pocket Money Podcast and hit us up if there's anything that you'd like us to cover there. And then, of course, 
visit finder.com.au um, if you are looking to compare and, and switch your products to a more competitive deal right now because like we said it's the perfect time to really take a good hard look at your finances and you could save a lot of money mm. by doing that so why not wonderful well thank you so much for coming on the show today sally thanks kate it was awesome thank you for listening to this episode of the how to money podcast If you enjoyed this, please leave us a review on Apple Podcasts and send any questions our way via www.howtomoney.online. You can also catch us on Twitter and Instagram at howtomoneyaus, and we'd love to hear from you. You've been listening to the How To Money Podcast.